With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's another episode of On the Turnbuckle with your host, Tony Shebecki. Welshi. And Lyle. Oh, sorry. Lyle's not on tonight. Would you please welcome Rose. And special guest, Davis Storm, Trooper. All that to come right here on the Turnbuckle. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Welshie, g'day to you. Very good, day, Tony. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. And we are proudly joined by special guest host tonight. Bros joins us. Hello, man. G'day, guys. G'day, uh, Tony. G'day, Welshie. Uh, g'day, listeners to The Turnbuckle. Good Lovely to see you. To all. Good you. to hear from you. All. Good to see you all. Good to be downloaded by you. Whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. It's good Lovely to have a host. Board, it's good to have someone, Tony, who's not sprawled out on his bed. <laughs> well, he could be. Uh, if you, if he's uh, sitting up. Does no, Lyle like to recreate? Uh, like to recreate HBK's uh, Playgirl appearance? Yeah. Is he? Is that what Lyle's done? Uh, I he hope he's got pants on. Hand on the side. He's <laughs> on the bed. Just... And our I guests can, have to put up with it too. That's the worst part. I, I could, I could, I could imitate. There, there we you go. go. That's exactly that's what it's like. Is that what he does? <laughs> Except you've got clothes on. That's <laughs> yeah. no, a filter that I've got on. I'll turn the filter off. Ah, and I'm okay. naked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what he uses. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? I hope he's and, not uh, trying to throw bedroom eyes at us. That's for biz- sure. Bizarrely, I've only ever been on the show when he's not on the show, so I would have no idea what he does. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever seen you two in the same room. Uh, well, his wedding. You look alike. We're both at Welch's wedding. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Though. You were too. Yeah, but I kept them at opposite ends of the room because <laughs> I think know. it was just Lyle <laughs> running to the bathroom, getting changed, running back like a sitcom. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, we, we uh, unfortunately, it's just been a, a tough week again, hasn't it, for wrestling here in, uh, in Melbourne and in Australia with uh, a very popular lady, unfortunately, uh, leaving this earth. Yeah, Kristen Mitchell, known as Miami to wrestling fans and uh, made a huge name for herself wrestling with RCW and other promotions uh, in Adelaide and had a big part in uh, the development of people like Rhea Ripley and um, then came over to Melbourne and was one of the owners and trainers at MCW Academy, so has had a huge hand in the next generation of wrestlers that we're seeing now, sadly passed away after an illness. And it's really sad, uh, very young, mid thirties and mm. our hearts go out to uh, her family, James, her husband, the MCW uh, group, everyone there. Like it's, it's awful. And, and I guess we throw our arms around them. Yeah. A hundred percent. The show goes on. That's just the way it is in in this world of entertainment. But uh, yeah, it'll go on with uh, with heavy hearts, I'm sure, for the first couple of shows for the MCW team and uh, and the rest as well. So, love to everyone, and uh, we we'll hope you're all doing okay about it. Uh, do as I tell you what, we had a good interview, our last interview with uh, Rocky Monero, and we spoke about the possibility of him maybe doing some damage to his neck should he continue to wrestle on who would have thought that could have happened to our next guest well the way he wrestles i mean he's used every time we speak to him i feel like he's just either mid comeback from injury or just had another injury so 
um, I guess it's a good time to have him back again. I reckon it's a fantastic time to have him back again, even though he is wearing a neck brace. He joins us in our chat now. And of course, that man is Davis Storm, and he joins us now for a chat. Davis, what the hell has happened? Ah, uh, you know, just the usual little uh, little broken neck. Uh, nothing we can't handle, I'm sure. You know, you, you look like one of those African people that swallows plates <laughs> with the long with the long neck. With the long neck, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like a giraffe every night when I take this thing off, mate. Yeah, I imagine you would. So, uh, tell us, tell us exactly what happened, though, for those who didn't see the the uh, the fight. Sure. So, um, took a uh, took a pass by a German suplex from from Marcus Pitt, as we know, big strong boy. Um, and immediately, as soon as I hit the mat, I kind of realised something was wrong. Um, felt felt basically what I recognise as being a stinger. Felt felt like a hot fire going down either side of my spine as soon as I hit the mat. Um, luckily for me, the next thing to do was to tag out to Mikey Nichols and have a bit of a rest on the on the apron. So um, timed out pretty well. Um, even as I was laying on the stage, I was kind of willing myself back to trying to think of uh, what we had left to do in the match and just kind of working out in my own mind if I was capable of doing that. Um, I was pretty confident that I was. So got back in there, finished the match, got backstage, I uh, was very aware of my neck for the rest of the night. It was just, it was stiff in a way that I kind of hadn't um, hadn't felt before. It was it was just a, it, it was strange that the, the pain probably wasn't any worse than something I've dealt with previously, but I just had a feel a little bit of a feeling of unease. I couldn't couldn't quite get comfortable sitting around and, and talking with the boys. So um, when I went to bed that night, put a heat pack on it. Um, and when I woke up the next morning, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I thought it was going to be far worse than it was going to sleep. That's generally the way the these sorts of injuries go. But um, yeah, woke up the next morning, it felt okay. Um, had an ice bath during the day. And then again, it didn't feel too bad. So got back to working out. Um, we had, me and Damien Slater had the fundamentals camp that week. Um, so I was running the camp with him trying to avoid bumping because I could tell the body was at least a little bit stiff. Um, but yeah, didn't, didn't feel anything too out of the ordinary until maybe the Friday after the show. So that's about six days later. Mm. Um, and that was the point where I realized something, something was wrong. I was, I was starting to get a, a deep shooting pain through uh, my shoulder uh, into my tricep and starting to get some numbness in the fingers as well. Yeah, that's um. It must have been. Uh, obviously, it was a slow burn. You you obviously knew it was bad at the start, but then you're moving around during the week, so you're convincing yourself that maybe it was just a false alarm. Um, what was it like when you got the diagnosis? Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a shock, and and so much. So I I mentioned I. Uh, um, the Wednesday week after, so about 10 days after, um, the pain in my arm was getting pretty severe. I was having trouble sleep at night. Um, and then it would just hang around all day, just make me really uncomfortable. But, you know, still going to parkour training, um, still going to all the things I would normally do week to week. Um, and the pain just continued to get worse. So I went and saw one GP who gave me a pat on the bum and sent me on my way and said everything was fine. Um, which, you know, when you, <laughs> when you're a man and you're in pain and someone tells you to walk it off, you, <laughs> the pride's hurt just a little bit. Um, so I thought, okay, that's good. I can, I just need to get on with it. Um, which is generally a diagnosis that wrestlers like to get is, uh, let's get on with it. Um, and then tried to just return to normal life 
I went and saw a physio and the physio said immediately, something's wrong here. You need to go for scans. Um, so he sent me back to my actual GP, my family GP. Uh, he sent me off for an MRI. And then again, we, we kept going through this process of, we think you're fine. Oh no, there's a problem. We think you're okay. No, no, there's a problem. So um, the radiologist took a look at the scans and at first gave me a, a tick and said, look, there's definitely strained ligaments. There's damage around the neck, but I think you've managed to escape without a break. Um, and then he rang me back about 20 minutes after letting me go and said, oh no, I've got this wrong. <laughs> you need to go immediately to the uh, spinal trauma unit in Perth. So uh, he sent me on my way. And then again at the hospital, they looked at the scans again and thought they couldn't see the issue. They've referred back to the radiologist to try and get a sense of what he saw. Um, and then they've taken a second look and come back and said, no, I'm sorry, you've, uh, you've fractured your C7. Uh, so what, what's the recovery time like now? You, I mean, a C7 fracture sounds pretty nasty. Um, I mean, I'm lucky. It's a stable fracture. Um, yep. So the brace is simply there as a preventative measure. It's not, it's not causing me any, um, it's not causing me any dramas in terms of, you know, this is holding everything together. Um, but obviously you don't know what you're going to confront in everyday life, just a quick movement one way or, or the other. And uh, I can end up having some nerve issues for the rest of my life. So um, they, at the very least, the brace will be on until I get home from the US. I'm, I'm off for a family holiday starting from next Monday. Um, so it needs to stay on at least while I'm on holidays. Uh, once I get back, I've, got... <laughs> I've already looked at it on the positive side of that will be a story that me and the family can tell every single time we look at those photos for the rest of our lives. So, um, you know, I, I think, try, I think I it's an instant uh, front of line ticket as well, anywhere you go. So, well, this is what I'm hoping, right? Is uh, I can sell pretty well, so I, I think I can maybe sneak sneak to the front of a line or two while I'm there. I like it. Actually, you could use the line that you actually slipped in the park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, we're we're actually going through issues with uh, travel insurance at the moment because of yeah, the neck, that. obviously. So that's that's been a bit of a hassle for my wife to have to deal with last minute. Um, but she's she's a trooper, so she's she's carrying on and getting everything done. Is any part of you disappointed you don't have the old Bobby the Brain Heenan neck brace that he used to wear <laughs> every time he took a bop? Yeah, look, it it suit the wrestling thing a little better. Uh, you know this this plastic get up. I kind of uh, I kind of look like a stormtrooper. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So. Um, the 2023's RoboCop. Uh, yeah. Well, this will be my way back, right? Like me and Sting. 2023 RoboCop. I like it. That's crazy. So we were wondering whether tonight was going to be an opportunity for you to announce your retirement and say, that's it. I want to now just look after a family and look after a body. You can take that opportunity now if you like. Sure. Just as the internet breaks up. 100% honest. And, uh, you know, their focus, <laughs> you know, speedy recovery, you'll be back in there in no time. Um, and really, to be honest, it's it's um, it's not high on the priority list. Um, I'm definitely keen to get back to training. Um, yeah. And I'm keen just to get back to everyday life. You know, it's, it's put a lot of strain on the family. Um, and just getting back to my life. And I'm in the process of setting up a new business. Um, which is to do with personal training, which is a little hard to do when you're, you're stuck in a neck brace. So um, I probably just need to focus on myself for a little bit um, and focus on getting back to training. But I, I really, you know, I, I put a post up today and if this is it, I, I genuinely don't have any regrets. Um, I'm, there's nothing else that I hoped to achieve from wrestling. I've, I've kind of done everything that I wanted to and then some. Uh, business has been very kind to me um, and I'll always be around. I'll always be trying to get back in some way uh, if I can, but whether or not I get back to being in ring, uh, it's very much just going to be a wait and see. Uh, Rocky Monero did say, uh, was the neck injury from the bump or from carrying, uh, I think he said APW, I'm going to say West Australian wrestling for so many years. 
<laughs> no, he's being he's being far too kind. I've I've definitely had more than a few beefy boys to help me carry the load over here. <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, we, what we we briefly touched on it before you joined us. Um, but it's been a pretty sad couple of weeks for Australian wrestling, and um, with the passing yeah. of uh, Miami, Kristen Mitchell. Um, and I know you had a close relationship with her, and I just wanted to to get your thoughts. Um, following you had some really good posts, and um, at the time, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what she means to Australian wrestling, and then a little bit of insight on who she was as a person as well. Sure, I mean, look, my my relationship to Kristen, like she was starting to wind down in ring around the time that we met, so. Um, you know, we, we never met, uh, we never met in Adelaide. It was really once, um, once I started coming to MCW that we, we started to develop a relationship. So, um, you know, I, I can't speak too much to her in-ring career, although I can always say, um, you know, women's wrestling sometimes cops a bit of a flogging. Um, Kristen was someone who made you believe you know, there was, there, there was, she's definitely one of those people where there was no, uh, and I think this actually goes for a lot of uh, female wrestlers in Australia. It's, it's not uh, women's wrestling and men's wrestling, but rather it's wrestling. Kristen was always a wrestler. Um, but, you know, my, my, my relationship with her primarily didn't extend to the ring all that much. Um, but um, she was someone that I felt like I'd known and and it's hard for me to say this because I feel like I had a I had I had a very close relationship with Kristen, but Kristen was such a kind person. I'm not sure that everyone that she came into contact with doesn't feel the same way that I did. That everyone feels like they had some sort of connection with her because she was just such a warm and thoughtful person. Um, and you know, this is not something that you say about a lot of wrestlers, particularly on an independent level. Um, people who are involved in professional wrestling and people who have been involved in professional wrestling for a bit of time, you know, we always talk about people getting grizzled and um, just starting to get a little bit edgy. Um, I don't ever really remember Kristen having uh, like a, a negative interaction with someone. I, I never really heard her um, teeing off on someone. And that's not to say that Kristen couldn't be tough when she needed to be. Um, she was just as happy to give someone the, the harder talking to that they needed as well as being supportive. But you always felt like it was coming from a positive place. She never talked to you as if she was talking down to you. Um, and really, you know, it's, it's a loss for the industry, obviously, but um, human beings like her don't come around very often, regardless of whether it's in the Australian wrestling industry or whether um, it's just just in everyday life. People like her don't come around. She's a very special human being. Um, and, you know, she's she's going to be incredibly missed. Yep, she certainly will be. Hey, mate, we also wanted to ask you another question too. There's uh, some rumours going around about a possible uh, WWE pay-per-view coming up in Perth. Have you heard much about that? Do you know anything about it? I, I've put the word into Miss McGowan and, uh, you know, we'll hopefully get this thing over the line. <laughs> um Stay quite disconnected from um, from the business side of wrestling as much as possible. Um, even here in EPW now, like I'm very removed from the um, from heads of department and decision making and all that stuff. Um, I I try to just stick to the stuff that I enjoy, which is generally training um, and just helping people develop on shows. But uh, you know that that would be a huge plus for, for us here in Perth. I feel like if we could if we could bring a huge event like that to Perth, um, it will obviously have a huge trickle down effect to the industry here as well. Having a 60,000 seat stadium surely helps. Yeah, no doubt. Like state, state of the art, in, uh, state of the art stadium um, goes a long way towards drawing these sorts of events. The, the WWE production crew would have a field day with the, uh, with the lighting rig mm. at, of the stadium. Yeah, we've got a good one over here in BCW if they want to buy, borrow it as well. I mean, it falls down every now and again, but... Um, you just can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Um, but like the, the government, the, the WA government, 
they've been tr- like they've got the Coldplay, um, the big Coldplay gig that's been announced. So thoughts and prayers for people who have to put up with Coldplay, but they are throwing their money at big events, which is it must be pleasing because WA has been overlooked for so many events for so long. Uh, it must be good to be finally getting a couple. Sure, but this is also the fault of the Perth people that Perth people are not people who like to buy tickets ahead of time. Um, and this is an issue we've run into in our industry. Um, I think it was AJ Matter who used to run Soundwave. He he did a big op-ed years ago, basically telling the people of Perth to get their shit together or they could find themselves off national touring lists pretty quickly because Perth people have a tendency to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Um, and it's such a huge expense to take a show from... You can do uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and they're all with a fairly close vicinity of each other. Travel time's not too bad, but to get everything over to Perth is a huge issue. Um, and I know a lot of touring acts have cut Perth off because if they don't get the turnout, it actually ends up stripping away a lot of the profit that they're making in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Brisbane. So, um yeah, you know, it's awesome that we are starting to get large events here and those mining dollars are coming in handy uh, when we need to throw a few bucks around to entice <laughs> people to come over here. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's kind of our own fault. We're, we're just not used to buying things ahead of time. We just always think there's going to be tickets available and we'll rock up on the night and everything will be fine. Yeah, that's one of the things we had. Uh, Wrestle Brain was in Perth at the start of the year for the uh, Fringe World. And yep. uh, we, we found that as well. And a, a lot of people from Perth just kept saying, don't worry, people don't buy tickets ahead of time. You'll be okay. Sure. And we yep. sold yep. out yep. both the shows. We did really well, but yeah, just, just a, it's a weird mindset in Perth. So mm. yeah, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre, it's bizarre to experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Great audiences though. They're great once they turn up. Oh, they are. They are. They're very, I mean, we've, we've always had great crowds here in Perth for uh, free PW um so yeah you know hopefully we are able to get this get this uh pay-per-view over the line and be a great Perth's always a great travel destination i think so it's it's not a bad place for people to be traveling in from southeast asia from new zealand um and from over east as well yeah i think we'll find our way over there if it happens what let's spitball which pay-per-view do you think we should be running in perth like uh is there one in particular let's say it's not going to be a tent pole it won't be one of the big no. four. So let's think, no. what, what else do we think it could be? Well, they definitely wouldn't travel in the nation chamber, I imagine, wouldn't want to be too far out of the country looking up to Mania. So you're probably looking at something between SummerSlam and uh, December. So what, what generally falls into that? Survivor Series? Yeah, Survivor event. Series. Yeah, Survivors might be the one. Because when, when were they out at the MCG? That was in October. Yeah, yeah but that they just wasn't a pay-per-view. something for us. It was more of an yeah. out show than a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I'm just thinking in terms of schedule and obviously making an outdoor arena at a time of the year where they're not going to get rained on as well. Um, so probably about October, November. So yeah, either whatever leads into Survivors or Survivors, I guess. You know, I, I, I've been to Survivor Series before when I went to Chicago. I'm not <laughs> really? sure you guys knew that. You've never mentioned it. No. Oh, sorry. What year was that? Oh, I can't remember now. That's so long ago. It feels like it was the 80s, Tony. The first Survivor Series. <laughs> we've had three COVID invasions since then. I can't remember. Any, anybody who survived that original Survivor Series is uh, now able to brag about it, Tony. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Davis. All yeah, right, mate. Short list. Do we have any listener <laughs> questions? We did put out a, a shout-out for them. Yeah, I've got one from Beck, and I actually like it. Um, what what advice would Davis Storm in 2023 give to a young Davis Storm who's breaking into the industry? Um, that's breaking in versus breaking necks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I think, I think the number one thing would be, I just couldn't find my confidence as a young kid. I, 
I really had trouble finding my place in the industry. And I, I gave up a lot of really good opportunities just because I didn't have the confidence to pursue them. Um, and it's not until after being in the industry for as long as I have now that there's a lot of fake it till you make it involved in our industry. And maybe just carrying myself with a little more confidence when I was younger. Um, I was very, I didn't feel like I belonged in the industry. So I think a lot of it was just deferring opportunity because I never wanted to be found out. I thought, I just always thought there are some people who think of me highly in the industry um, and I don't ever want to disappoint them. And if that means I have to miss out on opportunities so that I don't fall flat on my face and expose myself um, as being a terrible wrestler, then I'd be more happy existing in my small pond than pushing myself to whatever heights that I potentially could have gotten to. So um, if I could give myself advice as a kid, it would just be just back yourself in and, and let the chips fall where they may. Can I just, no. add, to, can I just add to that though? And, and it's quite interesting because when you started in the industry back in your day, the industry was just going through a real transition period, wasn't it? I know it was here over here on the East mm -hmm. and I presume it was in the West where a lot of the older guys who had been in the industry for 20 or 30 years were starting to sort of finish up and there was this new crop of young wrestlers who had been through the 80s of WWE and the like, who had sort of that, now now all of a sudden they wanted to, to give it a bit of a test themselves. So there was a very real weird period in time when you started. So I'm wondering whether that alluded to a lot of your confidence issues is that because there was different people, older people, younger people and that, it really made it hard for you to fit in at that point in time? I think part of it was upbringing that uh, my stepdad, lovely, lovely fellow, brought me up uh, with good values and good morals, I hope. But um, he was very risk averse. And he just, from, from the time I was quite young, I, I said that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he just shot me down and said, yeah. this is not a path. This is not a path that you can chase. Um, and I think I just always had that voice in the back of my head saying, you know, this is, it's nice to play around and do this thing. But the idea of doing this for a living was just such a foreign concept to me. Um, I just, yeah, I don't think I had the, I don't think I ever really had the belief that I could make it somewhere else. My, my goal was always to try and make, build Aussie wrestling up around me that hopefully I could make, uh, cut a path for myself here and maybe earn a living here. But the idea of trying to chase it overseas was just too foreign to me. There is an old saying that uh, if you wait till you're ready for something, you'll never do it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, the other one I like now is uh, opportunities multiply as they are seized upon, which is uh, from Sun Tzu's Art of War. And that's one I've, I've carried with myself as I've gotten older is just back yourself in and, uh, you know, your skill set will carry you so far and then you can prove yourself with your work ethic and your attitude and other things once you get your foot in the door. The idea is to just jam your foot in the door any way that you can. Yeah. One yeah. I like is say yes to everything and remember there's always YouTube. <laughs> That's your whole career, Tony. That's exactly uh, my career, Brent. You are spot on. Yeah. Well, um, just, just two things just quickly. Uh, well, I can only think of one now because my brain doesn't work anymore. But uh, <laughs> how are you, are you using that when you're training as well then? Is that part of your training process is encouraging young people with that knowledge as well as your physical uh, skills that you can pass on? Yeah, absolutely. I think for many years, you know, you want you wanted people to be ready when you uh, expose them to different opportunities because you didn't want them to fall flat on their face. And now it's more a case of trying to get people out in front of their skis and see if they can swim because some people just have a nat natural aptitude for things. And as the pressure comes, they rise to the occasion. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's you, you can always be learning as well. And there's nothing wrong with saying yes to something, taking yep. it as a learning experience. But if you can show that you're going to learn and listen, uh, yeah. then that's an advantage as well. So that's an, I guess, yeah, it's all part of it. It's, it's a great for those young wrestlers in Perth to be uh, receiving uh, instruction from you because you've just got an amazing balance of, of how the industry works. It's, it sounds great. Yeah, well, you know, a, a lot of time around the industry, myself and, yeah. and Slater and Marcus Pitt, uh, Mikey Broderick, but there's a lot of experienced people uh, at the school. So we've hopefully been able to pass on some of the lessons that we've been able to learn over the years. Yeah, that's great. Good on you, mate. Um, I said I said it to you privately, Davis, but I'm going to say it again today. Um, whatever you decide, whether it's you're going to keep wrestling, you're going to stick to training, or you're done with wrestling, whatever you decide, you you don't owe wrestling anything. You've given us 
so much. You've given us joy watching you. You've helped us bring through countless young wrestlers. Um, the industry and us as fans, we we love you and we thank you. So whatever you choose, uh, we'll support you. Thank you so much, man. That's that's so kind of you to say. Um, and also, just if I can take the opportunity on this platform, just to thank everyone who's reached out to me, um, just to check in or to offer kind words or or whatever. And it's it's been truly humbling to hear from the people that I have. Um, and you know, for I, I try to keep this all in perspective. That for I got my news the same day. Um, that James told us that Kristen had passed and it really helped keep everything in perspective that just the situation I'm dealing with is very temporary uh, regardless. And, you know, in terms of wrestling uh, owing me anything or me owing wrestling anything, I've, I've tried to never look at things in that way. And, um, you know, I've, I've said it over and over and over. I do, I do not believe in deserve. Um, if deserve were a thing, Kristen would have been living a, a long and healthy life with the rest of us. Um, and just wrestling has given me back far more than I could ever give to it. Um, it, it helped me grow into the man that I've become. Um, I came into the industry, a silly little boy, 23 years ago. Um, and over that time, uh, the industry's taught me a lot of lessons, sometimes very hard lessons to learn. I'm still learning lessons, uh, mm -hmm. judging by the, the state that I find myself in at the moment, but, um, just meeting so many, and I did put this out on Twitter the other day, you know, often, and there are a lot of them, often the, the dirt bags and the scumbags, the only thing that anybody wants to talk about in wrestling. There are so many good, kind people in this industry, uh, particularly in this country. So many people who are wonderful role models, who have amazing resilience, who have got through tough times without lashing out at other people and um, without turning on the people that have helped them to get where they are. Um, and, you know, these, these are phenomenal human beings and, and there are so many good examples of, of people to look to in the industry and we should all work together to try and make the place better. But uh, I try to spend as much of my time as I can focusing on those people um, and just making sure that they have a reason to stick around. Good on you, mate. Well done. Well said. We, uh, yeah, hope you have a speedy recovery. Enjoy the family holiday. Thank I'm sure you. you I'm sure you will, mate. And we'll look forward to catching you on the other side. Much appreciated, lads. Take care. David Storm joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Welcome to Intermission. <laughs> second part of the program we, i absolutely love that man if i was to have a man crush on anyone i'm saying this with david storm i, I saw you uh batting eyelids at him for a while there he's very <laughs> yeah. handsome he's like he benjamin handsome. button he keeps getting younger every time he does doesn't him. he if he keeps that brace much longer he'll change his name to david storm trooper though i think that's uh confirmed <laughs> that's confirmed <laughs> <laughs> very good hey, great uh, bloke great bloke no ripper bloke who caught backlash yeah i i, yes. I checked it out oh, I, geez, uh, unfortunately i was busy so you guys go I, what i need to ask uh welchie you you can answer this one was it actually quite a good pay-per-view or i just have such low expectations that i enjoyed the hell out of it my theory is like uh it had its good moments um but what made the show really enjoyable for me was how hot that crowd was. Oh, they were red hot. Seeing them cheering for different people. So cheering for Zelina and going nuts for Bad Bunny and the LWO, I think making... And EO Sky, huge. Yeah, making those wrestlers who WWE sometimes doesn't paint as their big stars, yeah. making them a big deal, I think that can only help when they then go to their next show and it's like, well, no, the crowd last week were really hot on this person. I'm going to be hot on this person. 
And so the excitement of that crowd made me enjoy the show more. Yeah. I mean, all the LWO stuff I thought was fantastic. Just uh, the WE emphasizing their their Latino Latino uh, talent was amazing. Having Carlito. Savio Vega come out as a as a guest, you know, uh, old timer was phenomenal. And then uh, Carlito spitting apple was. I mean, it just it just I got so excited. And but to see it, uh, you know, a different group of people getting the recognition was kind of nice. It wasn't the same old. It wasn't uh, you know the uh, elderly DX coming down to the ring pretending to be cool still. Uh, it was nice to see some different faces getting the same treatment that is reserved for Triple H's mates. Um, yeah, that was their first major show in Puerto Rico, wasn't it? I, I a long time. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably. Uh, there's talk they might do backlash there every year, and I think, I think that wouldn't hurt. I think that that crowd earned the right to see more shows, uh, more yeah. big shows. The other thing too, I don't know if you noticed the shots of the crowd, uh, Welchy, but. Uh, they definitely bought a lot of merch, those Puerto Ricans. So they'll be, the merch sales were up, ticket sales were good, the reactions were great. Hearing them counting down in Spanish was brilliant. Like it was just such a great energy. What I've loved the last few weeks is and is WWE letting people cut a promo in Spanish, letting EO Sky yeah. cut a promo in Japanese, um, and trusting the audience to to get the feel of the promo, yeah. and, which is going to come across a lot better than forcing someone to stumble through in English. Um, I've found that refreshing, and I'd like to see more of that as well. Yeah, it's nice to hear EO Sky speaking Japanese on television, but it's not the cartoony Oscar Japanese we've had for the last few years. It's actual uh, passionate Japanese uh, and then, yeah, the Latino stuff of the Spanish, it's, it's been brilliant. I, like there are huge swaths of promos. I have no idea what's going on, but I don't even care. It just looks you amazing. Feel you feel it. Uh, yeah. Dominic Mysterio is a fucking star, by the way. God, the heat he is getting at the moment the is incredible. Yeah. Did I message you the other day? I messaged my brother maybe. But the... the, the I'm your the, brother. The heat, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my biological brother. The heat that he's getting when he gets handed the microphone in the ring is phenomenal. I haven't seen heat like that in decades. Mm. It's just incredible. It's it's amazing. And for such a young wrestler um, to be able to get that heat, it's been good booking, um, but it's also been the fact that he's run with everything. His pauses are in the right spots. Yeah. It's almost like, he was grew up in the business. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, funny about that. And just recently, I'm trying to think, was it Raw that he was on? He actually had a wrestling match and he wasn't bad in the ring bell to bell either, which was nice. And as a heel, he doesn't need to do as much. I think no. it's um it's a but it's just nice occasionally to refresh us that yeah, he's he's getting better in the ring too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. The uh, um, but yeah, backlash blew me away in terms of my expectation. They uh, Cody and um Brock was was great. The blood. Yeah, bit of blood. Well, you got to do something, but yeah, bit of blood. Yeah. But uh, so, so off the back of that, then we mentioned it with David Storm. Are, are we going to see this pay per view get up in Perth? Do we reckon? Well, I think so. Um, WWE were here last week talking to the WWA government. Um, WA government, as we mentioned, are throwing a lot of money around. I tried to get information today, but didn't get any. Uh, but it's my belief that it will happen. Um, they've shown that they're willing to take premium live events. Uh, so Puerto Rico obviously is an American territory, but they're going to the UK. So, um, yeah, I think it will happen. It's just where it fits in and how it's done mm. is the question. And AEW taking their first show, I believe, to Wembley Stadium, uh, nearly sold out. I, yeah. The last number I heard was about 70,000. Not bad. Um, which... When they announced 45,000, if that had been the final number, that would have been a successful show. Um, 70, 70 odd thousand is it's honestly, it's it's ridiculous. It's um, it's huge, it's a big market for them as well. The UK, because they've actually got a better TV deal in the UK than what WWE have, yeah, right. So, easier uh, to get. Well, possibly, but it's also a case of this This is going to help them a lot because they can now go to other markets where WWE are not going or like uh, there might be states in the US that don't think they can get a big WWE pay-per-view, but AEW can go to those markets and say, look, this is what we did in the UK and they're going to get money. They're going to get paid to come to town as a recognized draw 
the good thing about London is people will travel from throughout England. People will travel from Europe. And it's not a huge step to get there from the US. So Seven hours. Easy. It's, it's, a, it's smart. Um, it's ambitious. And it's paying off. Yeah. I mean, TNA back in the day toured the UK a little bit and it had huge success. And definitely uh, some people will say the regret was they didn't do more of that and, and use that market more. But uh, yeah, no reason why AEW can't move across into that UK market a little bit more regularly as well, I think. Um, why not? They're wrestling mad. Yeah, they, they're huge. The The audience in the UK is absolutely insane. So, And they're desperate. They'll, they'll go to see anything at the moment because they're starved for that not entertainment. Not anything because they obviously uh, weren't a big fan of NXT UK. Um, but <laughs> it's a good example of why... And it's a good example for everybody who wants to bring shows internationally, because I know in Australia we're the same. If you bring a B version of what you do, it's not going to draw. We're not going to be interested in it. Um, But if you bring your main show, like AEW are going to bring, this will be the biggest show they've ever done. They're bringing everybody. Um, It's going to draw. If WWE, they're doing a big pay-per-view in London, it's going to draw. If if you're going to bring... You're also Rens. It's not 1986 anymore. We're not going to fall for it. We can, we, we've got so many entertainment yeah. options. You can't phone it in anymore. No, that's a fair call. That's true. Hey, I was going to say uh, wrestling is making an impact in Wagga, but it's probably more impact <laughs> making wrestling in Wagga. <laughs> yeah, like originally it was meant to be New Japan. Mm. Yoshiana um, Cup. That's fallen over for reasons that I won't go into. <laughs> but he wants um, to he wants to folks he really wants I to go into really it, he want won't. to if you he buy won't. me a beer at the corner hotel on saturday i'll tell you <laughs> but um impact to the rescue uh so they've they're going to be doing a few shows in wagga we haven't got a lot of information yet we've got dates though yeah it's uh 30th of june 1st of july or something somewhere around there that's what yes. the, uh, the email yeah that's, they've got dates It'll be interesting to see who comes. Which we didn't have for New Japan, so that's interesting. What interests me, it's a four-day event, but Impact are doing two shows. Yeah. So there must be a lot of other stuff coming, going to be announced. And Conrad Thompson apparently is uh, going to be allowed access into the country to do a podcast. Uh, Live podcast from Conrad's, what I've heard. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if they want any other live podcasts, I might send them an email. You should send them an email. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone wants to see a live podcast with just Conrad, but hopefully he brings someone with him. Well, you can interview Tony. Oh, that'd be a, yeah, that's great. 90 minutes. Tony Khan, not Tony Shebecki. Oh, right. Yes. Oh. Tony, Tony Khan. Much better. Tony, you're too highly valued for that. <laughs> oh, exactly. Precisely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'll be an interesting four-day wrestling weekend with two shows. Yeah. Yep. Looking forward. My I've issue heard, is, is I've there enough Billy accommodation coming back? Billy Corgan. Is there enough accommodation in Wagga? Yeah, there is. There's heaps. It's a big town. Yeah. Everyone's staying in motels, but it's fine. And you could stay. You could even stay in Albury and places like that, and you're only half an hour away. Is it that close to Albury? Yeah. I might stay in Holbrook. Yeah, well, you could. Just for the pies. Yeah, you could. yeah. I'm you going to stay in the stay submarine. In the, at Hol- you can actually Holbrook. stay in the birthplace of Don Bradman in Barrel. Is in that barrel. a <laughs> I thought I thought you said something else for a second. Barrel. <laughs> a barrel movement. Is that what you're worried about, Welch? <laughs> there could be a barrel movement. That'll be the convoy of buses. From barrel to, to Wagga. <laughs> There'll definitely be movement at the Corner Hotel on Saturday night, though, with Wrestle Rock. God, this show is looking amazing. Every time something's posted online, I get more excited. BDE are going to be there, and that's all I really need. But there's so much other great stuff. Did Can you we just talk promo? about that promo that they cut? That is that is that a was, great promo. It is brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah. I disagree, York. I do not support the um, Big Dave's uh, impersonation of you, York. It was not. It was absolutely on the money. spot on. Not York Gore. <laughs> there's a mistake. Yeah, you might get sued for that, mate. Let's talk about York. <laughs> the grand old Duke. The uh, But yes, BDE as Gore. It was Gore. Gore. <laughs> yeah. Because if it was York, it'd be a very different impersonation, I'm betting. Yeah. very Well, it wouldn't be on camera, you'd hope. But a very different one in, in, indeed. <laughs> what else we got on Saturday night? On, uh, at, no, no, I want to keep rock. talking about uh, Wrestle Rock. Uh 
because it is my favorite night out every couple of months. Corner mm. Hotel, beers, music, and amazing wrestling. We've got the return, Tony, of yeah. one of your favorites. Who? Fun Time Phil. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Former <laughs> Wrestle Rock champion, Fun Time Phil. Looking forward to that. That'll be good. Holy chips. <laughs> but yeah, crackers and crackers and gore, gore versus BDE. BDE. Um, and then you've got the aspira- aspirational, uh, the aspirationalist, the aspirationalist, Lockie Hendricks. I can barely pronounce it. Lockie Hendricks and Drunk Uncle Beach. Now, is this a handicap match? Well, or is Drunk it Uncle Beach will have to be handicapped. <laughs> well, he handicaps himself. Well, he does. He does. He is his own handicap. You're right. He drinks a 9% beer on his way to the ring, and that <laughs> sort of uh, handicaps his performance quite a bit. Sure, surely, shortly on Wrestle Rock, Drunk Uncle Beach and Funtime Phil will have to be an event. Surely, oh, I'm not sure, but who else have we got on this show? I know we're going to have. Do we have the um the ambush on this? I'm pretty sure we do. Uh, Aisha's wrestling against Katie Lux. Ooh. Yes, Aisha Katie Lux for the belt. Nice. Um, it's stacked. Yeah, uh, Cave, Caveman Ugg is uh, up against. Uh, Cava, Anth Cava. Oh, Cava. He gets himself into issues at Wrestle Rock. Cava, he, mm. he, like, he, he always he's always got good intentions, but things just seem to go wrong for him. Uh Hector Jones, Murdoch, and Funtime Phil. Fantastic. There we go. That'd be good. Yeah, that's a good lineup. That's that's gonna be yeah. a great show. Looking forward to being there on Saturday night. I'll, I'll tell you the last Wrestle Rock I was at, by the way, Caveman Ugg walked past me. And is he the sweetest selling, smelling man on the planet? He just smells amazing. If you can get near Caveman Ugg over the uh, Saturday night, just have a smell. He smells amazing. He's a good smelling man. Does he smell like defrosted ice, like in Sino <laughs> Man? Or... No, he's... <laughs> he's been rolling around in the pansies or something. Like, he just smells delicious. During Caveman Ugg got a few packs of um, Lynx Africa for Christmas that he's been... <laughs> I'm, I thought he was a brute man myself. <laughs> old, we own, we're all old spice these days, so... yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we look at what's coming up in wrestling over the next couple of weeks, boys, just a, a quick thought on the Aussies in the main roster after the draft. Yeah, I mean, basically everyone except for poor uh, Duke Hudson's gone up now. So Indy's gone to Raw. Yep. Um, Grayson Waller's gone to SmackDown. And then we've got... Uh, I don't know what is it Zion Quinn? He's the Zion free agent. Quinn. Yeah, he's a free agent apparently. The the ex rugby player. So yeah. we've got uh the three of them joining Emma, who's already um on the main roster, as well as obviously Rhea Ripley, who's the champion. So basically if you're Australian And uh Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. I have I forgot about Bronson. Yeah. My question though is that. Uh, like that. Of... <laughs> Of the two guys going up to the main roster, which one's going to end up dating Rey Mysterio's daughter? Isn't that what the Aussies are for? <laughs> <laughs> well, dating members of the Mysterio family. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what they're for. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm looking forward. I think Grayson Waller is going to be a star. I like that they drafted him last because it gives him something to complain about. Yeah. Um, good for his character. So he hasn't turned up yet. I think he might be this Saturday. He's a star. Yeah, nice. And we all love Indy in Melbourne, so. Yeah, Indy would be great. They've uh, they've worked hard to get there, and well done to them. All right, let's have a look at the upcoming shows, boys, over the next couple of weeks, because now we are a fortnightly podcast. podcast. Uh, PCW Slam, podcast, Tuesday really. night. Hey? When we can be fucked podcast, really. <laughs> Where is Lyle, by the way? No, he's uh, got... He's lying on the, the bed behind me in the January post. <laughs> <laughs> he's down in my shed locked up <laughs> he's one of the three with a leather mask on and all that sort of stuff all right diddle 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 no wonder you're so keen to get to the end of the podcast <laughs> bring yes. out the gimp shut up Lyle I'll be there in a sec <laughs> uh, PCW slam on tonight because this comes out on Thursday so uh, Friday nothing 
really, around the place. But Saturday, big night. RCW, strike first, strike hard in Kilkenny. QWA, kiss your Bastards. mother. With... What? Who killed Kenny? <laughs> QWA, kiss your mother with that mouth in the Wildcats Sports Arena. UPW, recoil at the UPW Studios. And Wrestle Rock at the Corner Hotel. And we move to next week, Thursday night, PCW Slam again. And then Saturday, the 20th of May, ACW, May Day at the ACW Academy, VPW, Elimination Lockdown 7 at the Lone Star Tavern. Is that the steakhouse that used to have the peanuts on the floor? Oh, could be. The Lone Star Tavern, yes, it could be. PWA Rumble 4 at Liberty Hall. All-Star Wrestling, Welcome to Hell. It's been my life for the last six years on this freaking podcast. Uh, At the (laughs) Padstow RSL. MCW High Stakes in the Thornbury Theatre. Shut up, Lyle, for fuck's sake. I'll be there in a minute. PCW that looks like Rumble. A fun show. That looks like a fun show, High Stakes. At Thornbury Theatre, yes, looking forward to that. And PCW Rumble in Ferntree Gully. And then Sunday, ROW Brewery Brawl in Coburg North. Of course, ROW stands for Renegades of Wrestling. That um, that actually looks like a fun show as well. We're gonna have, They're going to be crowning their first... Tag team champions and that belt uh looks those belts look beautiful. Isn't it a great looking belt? That's great design. Yeah, it looks spectacular. And um I think there's a there's a women's um rumble type situation or uh trophy match uh with six up and coming wrestlers. And I noticed that there's a few wrestlers we haven't seen before on that show. Um so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, Melbourne wrestling spoiled for choice. Three yep, great shows, three or four are. great shows in the next um in the next two weeks. All right, boys, thank you for joining us today, bros. Really appreciate you no stepping worries. in at the last minute. Good fun, it's good fun. Look forward to doing it again. Big soon. improvement Welshie. on Lyle. Let's face it. Well, she thank you. You're welcome. I've got to go because my, <laughs> my wife is asking questions about a bloke in the backyard. So, I'll, uh, be. See you next time, right here on the Turnbuckle.